construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Botter and Scott McLeod. Yes, indeed, this is the Flag Flagstick Podcast with Jeff Botter and Scott McLeod. I am, obviously, Jeff Botter. And uh, the Flagstick Podcast is brought to you this week by Ping Golf Canada and the all-new, entire all-new family of G425 irons, hybrids, fairways, and drivers. Check it all out at ca.ping.com. How you doing, with Jeff? Me, with me... <laughs> Here he is. After two weeks, we had to take a couple weeks off. But with me is my good buddy, buddy old pal Scott McLeod. Welcome doing, back, man? Scott McLeod. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back. It's been, <laughs> it's a, been a, bit bit of a, a, a bit of a whirlwind, eh? It's um, yeah. <laughs> you know, life gets in the way sometimes, and uh, you just have to you have to pivot. It's the pivot. That's the phrase that I am so sick and tired of hearing, but yet I use it all the time when I'm talking to people, especially when I'm talking business-related stuff. It's like, oh, yes, we had to pivot and move from doing this platform to this platform. Pivot. This is basketball. Yeah, it's okay. It's all good. We're back. We're here. We've got lots to talk about today. So We certainly uh, do. Yeah, certainly you know, it's do. been a busy couple of weeks for sure. Um, certainly some of us were under the weather, yes. uh, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, lots, lots going on and got, got back to the golf course yesterday too. I saw, I don't know if I, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that some people, I, I mean, I know we have a lot of followers on social media, so I'm sure that people saw your little post. That was kind of cool <laughs> pushing your cart there with the leaves rolling over on the cart yeah. wheels. It's yeah. like, there's your typical fall golf, right? It's yeah. uh slide in a few extra rounds before the, go- the courses start to shut down or before the snow comes, depending, uh, which happens first, the chicken or the egg, right? The, the shutdown yeah, or the snow. You know what? November golf uh, is just such a bonus. And I mean, we'll talk about that in a little bit and, and talk about the golf courses and, and things. But, uh, you know, the fact that we can get out and play right now still, uh, you know, I, in fact, a couple of people mentioned to me, you know, some of the weather uh, in the last week or so feels better than some of the weather we had in September. So I know. Uh, that that's uh, a really cool thing. And yeah, you know what? Um, not always prepared to play this time of year, but you sort of. <laughs> Sort of have to, I guess, you know, although it's hard to get a tea time, uh, hard to get a tea time because a lot of people want to play and yeah. obviously it's dark early. So, you know, if you want to get in that window to play, you certainly, uh, you know, like one, one guy said, it's like the hunger games trying to get a, a tea time. But uh, yeah, if you can, you can. That's well, that's I mean. the thing, right? Uh, and and like you said, we're going to talk about that a little bit because it is kind of a timely uh, topic of conversation and, and in the travels, there are a lot of, uh, chats that happen with golfers throughout the region who are talking about that very thing about golfing in November and December right. and January and so on. So, you know, we can even talk, talk about some of the latest times that we've ever played. So, um, you know, we'll get into that. I think we'll actually get into that a little bit in the back nine today. Sure. Sounds um, good. but, uh, you know, we do have a great show, uh, lots to talk about cause we've got a couple weeks worth of, uh, of goodies to share. And, uh, you know, we're going to jump on that, uh, on the front nine right now. Uh, front nine presented by Metcalf Golf Club. Uh, looking for fun golf at a great rate. Save 15% when you prepay. Visit MetcalfGolf.com to book. And obviously right now at MetcalfGolf.com, you can be uh, checking out membership deals and uh, mm-hmm. and gift ideas as <laughs> As sad as it sounds, we are getting into the holiday season, right? So. We are, and, and that, those memberships are definitely going fast. I saw one uh, club within the region, they put out their offer for their membership, and they said they can only take 400 members, and they're sold out already. So, it's insane. You know, if, if you are looking for a membership for 2023, uh, definitely be reaching out now, and, and don't wait. Otherwise, you're going to probably be disappointed, for sure. Exactly, exactly. All right, Scott, let's jump into some front nine co- uh, topics of conversation here. Um, you know, first, right off the bat, let's talk about some of some college golf. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, some there's been uh, some recent successes in college golf from from some golfers uh, throughout our region. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, basically, the uh, NCAA season is wrapping up the Canadian college season, uh, obviously uh, wrapping up as well. 
a um, couple players from the Eastern Ontario area having some success. I should say a couple, more than that, really. But, uh, you know, a couple notable things of late. Uh, Izzy Ferguson, uh, who's from Ottawa, uh, playing out at Simon Fraser University, had a really nice finish uh, the other week. Uh, finished fifth in the tournament, had the third lowest score in uh, Simon Fraser history. She shot uh, 369 at one event. So, you know, doing great as far as a freshman is concerned. And uh, another freshman, uh, Lauren Gervais, is continuing her fine play. She's at Davenport in Michigan. And uh, she had uh, she finished second uh, last week, and that follows a string of play where she finished uh, first. She was a medalist at uh, one tournament, lost in a playoff, a four-hole playoff in the next one, and then finished second by a stroke in this latest one. So uh, pretty good play there. I know Ellis Kinnaird from Ottawa has played well in some different events, and uh, I believe Ashton McCullough from Kingston just finished sixth at an event for Michigan State. So, you know, a lot of good success. We'll continue to report on that obviously we uh you know post up stuff about that on flagstick.com all the time and then you know bleeding into that you know i'll, I'll mention that you know we were going to talk a little bit about the oea oua championships the yes. ontario university yes. championships um they took place a couple weeks ago at highlands and uh it ended up being a cold weekend mm -hmm. uh, but somebody's golf clubs were pretty hot uh, a guy named the nicholas uh, desiree uh, from mcmaster shot 63 on the north course with nine birdies and no bogeys uh, to win the men's uh, title uh, and the u of t won the women's title riley grogan from western earned the individual title uh, but yeah 63 in, in that in, in that weather. weather yeah and nobody um, nobody else broke par so pretty impressive. And uh, I had a, a pro that I know uh, having to look up his name and said, man, this guy, I don't think he's broke 70 in. in it's amazing how yeah, that happens so. sometimes. You just get hot. Things, things are going well. I mean, um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I get hot and shoot 75. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not 63. No, That's there's not sure. very there there are, there's not very many sixty threes in my arsenal. I I do I do admit it ha that I have done it. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think sixty two is the lowest that I've ever shot um, at Bell Park Fairways in Kingston, which just tore down their clubhouse. By the way, sad. It's a sad day. It is a yeah. sad day. Bell Park. <laughs> so for people Bad. that don't know, it's a municipal golf or was municipal golf course yes. in uh, down in Kingston, uh, where we both uh, had some memories. I worked there for a little bit. Obviously, you played there. Um, there are some plans for redevelopment for that park facility at some point that will include golf, but it's a 15 year plan. So we're not planning to see anything there till phase three. Uh, but yeah, I just happened to drive by the other day and, um, you know, the clubhouse was still there for you know, since the course closed. I used to love that clubhouse. Three, four years ago. Yeah. But uh tiniest just, little thing, but man, that was yeah. an awesome clubhouse. But they but they tore it down. So uh unfortunately that's that's the case. But oh, is, I, I digress. Yeah. Sixty three. Yes, I, I could say sixty three would be probably easier to shoot in a scramble. I played sure. I played sure. a couple of scrambles. Sixty three would be weeks. far easier to shoot when it's twenty two degrees outside, not yeah, when it's two sure. degrees outside, yeah. cold and rainy. Yeah, so impressive play there and uh, good of Highlands to host that championship. And I know the players enjoyed that. Uh, the women played the uh, south course and the men played the north course for that championship. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, good on everyone there for uh, hosting the championship and putting on a good show. Awesome. Okay, OVJ Junior team. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so we got a lot of stuff going to be happening. I had, some, uh, I had a phone call this week with... Uh, uh, Serge LaFontaine, a uh, member at Royal Ottawa, his daughter, uh, Ashley LaFontaine, uh, obviously a decorated player who uh, is playing now at Elon. Uh, Serge is going to be hopping in and doing some work with the OBGA, with the team, sort of taking on a, a little bit of the role that Jim Davidson was doing there. Jim is still going to be involved, but Serge is sort of going to take the lead working with Derek uh, McDonald, uh, as who's the, the coach for the team. Um we're going to have more on that coming up. I'm going to work on a little bit of story, but the basic uh, synopsis here is that uh, what they're going to do with the team is they're really looking more at uh, development. 
Um, so they're trying to skew some things a little bit younger with the OVJ team than they've had before. They're still mm-hmm. going to have the older players involved, but have them involved in more of a mentorship role. Okay. And so we're going to see kids as young as 10 start to get involved and identified in the program. So um, they had a uh, sort of a showcase uh, get together at Royal Ottawa last weekend. Uh, they spent the first uh, part of the day uh, with sort of a fire. I think they did. It could be reversed the way they did it. But uh, basically the part of the day included sort of a fireside chat with Ashley. She was there sort of talking to the parents, talking to the kids about the junior experience and the college experience and the amateur golf experience and things like that. Um, They did some assessment stuff. They got out on the range, did some things out there. They're still going to continue to, you know, kind of evaluate the kids through the, uh, the junior golf pathway, you know, the, the tournaments and stuff and identify kids that way, but uh, skewing to, slightly younger and again this is a program that is designed to supplement the uh, personal coaching that these players are already getting Um, it's just providing some different uh, different tools and different things that they can add into their training programs but uh, like I said we're going to have some more on that in a bit in fact I think uh, you know we might get Serge and, and Derek to pop on at some point and have a little chat about that and we can hear it directly from them as far as what they're planning with the Ottawa Valley Golf Association uh, junior uh, team and they're also now on um, social media as well with the OBJ team. So if people want to give them a follow on, uh, I believe they're on Twitter and Instagram as well. They're going to be posting some content for the team directly from there. Uh, Now this one, this this little tidbit here is really, really quite interesting and, and kind of snuck up on, on me a little bit when I saw it posted was um, very long time golf industry uh, course owner, Mm -hmm. you know, a pioneer uh, when it comes to golf throughout Eastern Ontario, particularly in this region, uh, you know, started things up with, you know, airport golf land. Yep. Gib Patterson was honored. And, uh, and this is an extraordinary honor for, for this man. Cause this man is like, I don't think that there's a human being that's associated with the golf, with golf anywhere that does not know who Gib Patterson is, who yeah. the Patterson family is, but Gib in particular, um, I mean, I could tell stories about my dealings with, uh, my, uh, you know, my, my, um, meetings and so on and discussions <laughs> with Gib Patterson. I mean, we could, we could do a whole show just on, on, you know, things that I've incurred with Gib over the years. And, and, you know, this man is, is a, a big part of, was a big part of, of the starting of Flagstick and, and how he supported what I was doing back in 1996 and, mm-hmm. and, um, a very uh, uh, quirky way of of making me think everything through from a business mm. perspective, and it was never it was never cut and dry. It was always it was always um, almost a riddle. It was it, it yeah. really felt like a like riddles, and and I had to put the pieces together. But yeah. it's almost like he knew I would put the pieces together, and when I did, then it was all good. Yep, okay, you know we'll do that. But right. I had to put it together, but. Um, just let's talk about about what Gibb was honored for because this is an extraordinary honor for him yeah so basically uh they have a homecoming weekend like most uh other universities so uh this we're talking about McGill University here in in Montreal and Gibb attended uh McGill in fact um basically um they have a campus called the McDonald campus which was part of the McDonald College which was part of McGill uh very much an agricultural school and he actually graduated uh with a bachelor in science in agriculture from there in 1960 and on their homecoming weekend uh just the weekend before last they honored him with a distinguished uh, uh alumni award basically recognizing his impact um basically once he graduated where he went on to and what he did and accomplished. And, and obviously, as we know, you know, he got into, uh, you know, he was a farmer by trade and, and really got into uh, developing land and, and purchasing land, decided to get into the golf business uh, with, as you mentioned, um, the airport uh, golf land and, and establishing that, but went on to, uh, you know, start three golf courses, uh, Anderson links, Cloverdale links and Emerald links. Um, obviously people are, probably pretty familiar with that in the in the Ottawa area mm-hmm. 
And, you know, not only created a, you know, a, a business empire, but a, a legacy that is now, you know, extended into his kids and his grandkids and really set up his family for success. And, you know, he's never been a, a guy to uh, just kind of sit back and do nothing. Uh, you know, he's always looking at more and looking at more and looking yeah. at doing different things. And, you know, as a result of it, obviously, they're they're quite proud of him. Um, you know, they've been giving out these uh, Distinguished Alumni Awards since 2000. 2006 uh, at McGill, but obviously, you know, didn't speak with him, but I'm sure he's quite honored uh, that the Alumni Association would recognize him in this way. Uh, and I know based on, you know, just putting the post out there, uh, there was a fair bit of response from a lot yeah, of people. Um, just people are so familiar with with the Patterson family and, and what they've done in the golf community and, and really, um, you know, ahead of a lot of other public golf courses. That, that, you know, there was that big wave of public golf courses that sort of happened in the late 1990s, uh, you know, early 2000s. They were ahead of that um, as far as, you know, land acquisition and developing facilities and so forth. So a big honor for Gibb and, and, and well-deserved. Yeah, no, it, it's extraordinary, you know, and, and you know, maybe uh, we just look at uh, look at maybe a future podcast of either, I mean, getting, getting Gibb or... Um, you know, or even some other members of the Patterson family sure. to come on and talk a little bit about that because, yeah. um, I mean, that's an extraordinary accomplishment for an extraordinary human being. I'll tell you that. Yeah, uh, for no sure. question. Um, okay, Scott, uh, from, from the standpoint of the golf professionals, mm-hmm. um, we know that, uh, that, that this time of year, uh, we start to look, we start to see some of the courses start to, you know, knowing that they're going to be needing some, some more support, some more staff, some, some things have changed. Um, yeah. You know, what's going on that we know of right now within the region uh, with respect to, uh, you know, golf pro jobs uh, yeah. and, uh, and whatnot. Yeah, we don't have a lot of movement yet as far as uh, people changing jobs, but we are seeing a lot of clubs looking for more staff and facilities looking for more staff. So, uh, <clears throat> for example, um, the Marshes, uh, the Meadows, uh, Ottawa Hunt, and the Kevin Heem Golf School are all places that are already advertising uh, for associate or assistant professionals uh, for next year. Uh, definitely been a shortage of staff. It's always difficult um to get those extra pros uh, onto the staff and what i'm seeing though is the courses um being a little bit more progressive they're starting earlier and i believe um i believe rito view is looking for one as well um there's definitely been a lot of postings of late i think they're just trying like i said just to be more progressive Mm -hmm. um start the hunt now some of them have started their hunt a little bit too late um some years and are, are not it's not easy to get staff the issue for a lot of you know assistant pro jobs and so forth is you know you're drawing from the same pool in the same area um a lot of the assistant jobs just because they're you know they're not high-end jobs as it is it's hard to attract somebody from you know a toronto or a montreal or so forth um it's harder to do you're usually pulling from the same area uh, so as a result of it um, you know, they're going to have to work a little harder to get people in it. We have a few more people coming into the industry that are, you know, uh, joining the PGA and so forth, which could be helpful. But, you know, the the clubs are just looking, especially with um, so many people coming to the golf courses and the courses being so busy, they're just looking to have more expertise on their staff so that's why they're looking obviously uh you know to have a pga professional somebody who's dedicated to being in the industry uh no disrespect to somebody who's transient and you know kind of works one year or two year in the industry and you know goes out of it but um you know they're looking for long-term professionals you know what's interesting is i you know i i just had a conversation with uh with kevin and lisa hayman and mm-hmm. jay came as well the other day and we were talking about the you know the fact that you know, they, they need more teaching staff, right? Um, you know, they, they have the business, they have mm-hmm. the people that want to take the lessons, sure, but they don't have the staff to be able to, and they have the space at that range. Yep. They have a, a whole teaching area. Yep. They have the space to have a, a teacher on the, on the, uh, on the line teaching all day long. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got room for that yep. and they, they don't have, they don't have the staff to be able to manage it. And it just, 
you know, we got talking about, you know, because obviously we got talking about compensation. We got talking about, you know, how much they can make and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. after having a conversation with them, I, I, I truly cannot understand why there aren't more um, younger, well, younger, older, it doesn't really matter, but more mm. PGA of Canada pros, whether from this area or other areas that would not want to uh, jump on an opportunity like that if they want to work. And this yeah. was the big thing. If they, if they want to work, they're going to have yeah. to put in it's seasonal. Yes, we know mm. that. Although mm. Kevin, uh, Kevin Heem golf school does have a, yeah, an a indoor of, option. Yeah, a lot but, of facilities now do have indoor options but for sure. Having that, like if they want to work, yeah, for the summer hard, mm-hmm. then there's money to be made mm-hmm. and and decent money. Like you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, not not chump change here. We're talking about you know decent yeah. dollars to teach yeah. in the summer and have your winters off where you can you know teach at a an indoor facility or you can. You know, take. I mean, I know some some pros take the winter off. Mm-hmm. Some get a part time job. Some teach at golf schools. You know, some work at simulator places. Whatever the case may be, there's a decent yeah. annual wage to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, is it that there's just not the bodies out there for these positions, or there isn't the initiative by some of the younger teaching mm-hmm. professionals to want to work more than forty hours a week in the summer. Well, it, it, there's a combination. There's a lot of different factors that are in there, you know, in my opinion. Um I can tell you, yeah, I mean the business is is there. I mean, uh, I can I can assure you, uh, you know, a lot of places are turning down a lot of lessons all over the place that, you know, that people are getting into. The well, game. you included, because you have a very yeah, select sure. group that you work with, yeah. but it's not that there isn't the requ- the interest from other people right. to want to yeah. get taught. Right, exactly. But um, I think the the issue more than anything is that, um, you know, teaching is a very specialized thing within the golf profession, as far as the pros and people, I think people have to realize and understand that, you know, golf professional kind of is one category, but there's a lot of subcategories kind of within that. Uh, some people don't have an interest in it. You know, they're yeah. a golf professional, but they they want to run the business. They want to be a GM. They want to, you know, they want to run a club. They want to run tournaments. Um, so, you know, if you look within the zone, for an example, PGA of Ottawa, um, the number of people that are actually designated as a teaching professional, which is a, you know, kind of a separate designation. There's not a lot. Um, but, and, you know, obviously everyone, you know, is capable of, of teaching, but um, it's also not easy. You know, you, oh. you gotta, you gotta keep up. You've got to make sure your education is strong. You're, you're working on that all the time. Um, plus, you know what, uh, it's, it's a little bit more challenging to stand on a lesson tee, you know, for eight or 10 hours a day working on solutions. And you gotta remember, you know, the time for golf pros and a teaching pros is not just on the tee, it's analysis work afterwards. It's cataloging, you know, your swings and your video and all your things that are there. It's, uh, determining and putting together plans based on that for the students. So, um, you know, there's if a you're lot doing the job correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a lot of work that's involved to it. Uh, some people are maybe shy about that, doing that, that effort yeah. and making that effort, but you're right. The, there are positions that are available and, and I don't think, um, I don't think people can sit there and complain and, and just wait to, you know, have everything handed to them. Um, if they want to generate a decent amount of income and, and be a little bit more entrepreneurial for sure. But they've obviously, as you said, they've got to be willing to work and put the time in and, yeah. you know, you know, as well as I, and this is no, you know, this is no knock on, you know, anyone in particular, but you know, if you give somebody an option of here, you go do the work and we'll give you this check and you do this, you know, a lot of people are just, they're happy with that. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's up to them to do that. Whereas other people are like, you know what, I want to grind it out and, you know, I, I want to make more and I'm willing to put in the work. So, um, again, it's volume, you know, as you mentioned, uh, you know, there's 3 million people in Eastern Ontario, but you know, there's only 155 PGA of Canada professionals. I can tell you right now, you know, in the clubs that I've you know, worked with and been around. Um, if I had a young person come in and say, Hey, I want to be a, you know, a PGA of Canada professional. I just want to focus on coaching. You know, yes, they have to do all their other work to yeah. be part of the PGA and their education and so forth. But I, I could hand somebody, you know, 200 students at this point. Like it's, it's, you know, there's, there's definitely something that's there, but it's not, 
it's not structured so much that, oh, here, you're going to make this and here's your salary and here's this. It's like, okay, it's up to you to kind of grind that out of the dirt, which means you have to deal with, you know, weather and cancellations and scheduling students in, in maybe Kevin's situation. They do that a lot. They take care of a well, lot. Well, that's of the thing. It's, it's a situation there yeah. where you kind of have most of that part of the administrative side of it is done for you you just got to show up and teach yes anyway that's one location that's one situation it was one conversation that i was having it just happened to be kind of timely given what we were talking about Mm -hmm. there so um given that yes sir on that note um we're gonna shake things up a little bit here on the flag thick podcast and since we are talking about teaching um we're gonna split some things up here and i want to i want to head out to the lesson to you right now um, the lesson T is uh, brought to you by the Kevin Haim Golf School. Um, and uh, if uh, if you're looking for uh, private lessons, a better short game, some putting help, uh, or a custom club fitting, visit KevinHaim.com. And remember that better golf is a lot more fun. So today, uh, this week, uh, Kevin and Jake Ham are going to use uh, Jake Ham are going to use Gears 3D Motion Capture. Uh, to help you out with your backswing. So uh, let's take a look at this. Okay, golfers, time for a quick tip. We're inside our gear studio. Jake, tell everyone what we're working on today. It's easy for you to say. We're working on lead shoulder adduction angle or the relationship (laughs) between your chest and your lead arm. Yeah, right here, everyone, this angle. We don't want a ton of movement in that. So Jake, I'm going to hit one. You tell people what we're looking for. Yeah, so what we're looking for is as your arms extend, at a dress, you're gonna be around 80 degrees angle between your lead arm and your chest. That angle. And you wanna maintain that relationship through most of your backswing. At the top of your backswing, your arms are going to swing around you a little bit. So we normally will see a little bit of a narrowing of the angle. You get from 84 to 63, which is excellent, but we don't want the arms going more across your chest than that. Yeah, turn your chest, keep your arms in front of you. They will work a little bit across you, but you don't wanna squish your chest and get the club tied up behind you. Work on this position, this angle, you'll play better golf. Okay. Technology at its finest. Mm-hmm. Uh, pinpointing some some issues and some things that people can uh, can work on and, uh, you know, with respect to their backswing. What, do you, what did you think of that? Yeah, I, lo- I love it. Um, you know, the use of 3D is definitely becoming more prominent. Um, you know, allows us to see things that we can't see um with video with 2d uh, and looking at this particular element in the backswing we certainly see a lot of golfers that get their lead arm jammed up against their chest um they basically don't rotate their chest and their arms kind of at the the rates that they should uh, as a result of it they sort of create some poor timing in their downswing as illustrated there and, and, and you see that uh what they're showing uh basically that lead arm and the angle between the lead arm and the chest uh, certainly stays a little bit more consistent than most people think it does uh, and that is definitely a flaw that we see in a lot of golfers and it's one that can be uh, difficult to get out of so uh, neat neat way to measure it neat way to visualize it it's interesting because that's one of the things in my own golf swing and I mean I've, I've had the same golf swing for a lot for a long time but one of the things in my own golf swing that I've noticed over the over the years is that I do feel like my left elbow I'm a right-handed mm-hmm. golfer. My left elbow is yep. brushing across, like I can feel it actually brushing across my chest. Like, yep. uh, you know, so I looked at the, you know, I looked at this, uh, this piece of instruction from Kevin and Jake and I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I figured this out. So, yeah. but, but it's interesting because yeah, I can work with a golf pro like Kevin mm-hmm. or yourself to, to sort of rectify that. Yep. Um, but it's interesting that you see a tip like this, uh, you know, that's point something out with the 3d motion capture that's like, Oh, wait a second. You know, I didn't even think that that could possibly be what what's happening. And now yep. it is. And now I'm sure that I will not go out to the net in the in the yard and work on that to see if that's actually the problem. I'm pretty sure I will not get at my clubs <laughs> and go and try to fix the problem. I will continue to wonder why my elbow is brushing across my chest, even though I know the answer. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, uh, we see that happen in a lot of players basically because they start to not turn their torso as much, so they <laughs> tend to get their arms across it. <clears throat> um, but well, I you am twenty five. Yeah, that's it. Um, but being able to quantify that and, and kind of look at it, uh, like you say, in three D and kind of measure it, it, it makes it more interesting for golfers because they, you know, it's not just the pro telling them. 
that they're doing it and saying, hey, well, that was better or that was worse. You can actually you're actually measuring it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is 100 percent legit where all of a sudden they're going, hey, we're trying to work on this. Let's measure it. Let's see how it's going. And, um, you know, I'm happy to work with 3D tools all the time, be it hack motion or 4D motion uh, myself and just measuring some different things. And uh, it's a lot easier when you can certainly uh, lay it out that way. And yeah, it's it's basically there's it's it's objective. It's funny how a lot of these younger the younger generation of golfer um, is is so very visual. Um, Mm -hmm. it's not that they don't believe you when they say that you're doing this or that you need to do this, or it's, it's from a visual perspective, whether it's video, whether it's numbers on a, on a, uh, on Mm -hmm. a launch monitor, um, it's just that, that visual, the data to -hmm. understand, to quantify what they're being told to justify and support it. And it's not just, Oh, what's that guy got? What's that guy? know? he can't hit it as good as I can, but Oh, look, this is what's going on. So technology's allowed for that. Because you know, that's the generation, that's yeah. our kids. You know? But it, but it's it's the fact that we have that technology available, and it takes out the subjectiveness of the pro, um, where somebody's just telling you it. Um, it's actually proving it, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it, it's not just someone behind you going, "Yeah, that looks good." Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? It, it's like, okay, here's what we're trying to accomplish. Here's yeah. the range that we're trying to work in. Um, here's how to do it. Here's why we're trying to do it. And then you go ahead and we'll show you how to do it. They do it. You know, they're actually able to measure it and they're like, Oh, okay. I've got the results. And, you know, uh, like I said, gears, a great tool, lots of 3d tools. And we're going to see more and more of that. Um, we're seeing markerless technology come along that we can, uh, do it from 3d or do from 2d video and convert it to, to 3d, lots of different things that, that way, but, uh, yeah, it makes it fun, but uh, great tip there. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back with the back nine, we're going to do a little product watch at some point. We're going to have Mm -hmm. some discussion about, uh, um, you know, golf courses uh, closing. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, uh, Ottawa Gatineau Golf Expo. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a little announcement came down about that. So we've got a few more things to talk about uh, on the back nine of the Flagstick Podcast. So just stay there and don't go away. We'll be right back. At Ping, we're an engineering company. Success is measured in the lab and on your scorecard. We focus on results, your results. In the G425 Max driver, that means more time in the fairway, less time in the rough. It means longer drives, shorter approach shots, and fewer putts. The new G425 drivers, taking MOI to the max. Get fit today. Visit ca.ping.com to learn more about G425. All right, welcome back to the Flagstick Podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed the front nine. It was a tidy little front nine. It was a blemish-free scorecard, I believe. Going to give us that. Going to give us that. I wish I had one of those yesterday. <laughs> you don't expect blemish-free scorecards in November, man. Well, it wasn't that I played well. It's just, yeah, I had a couple little shaky holes that, you know, counteracted the good holes okay so you 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 have been under the weather so you gotta give a little bit of the uh, of the uh, yourself a break here that maybe you weren't up to uh full physical strength uh for your uh sojourn <laughs> into november golf that, ex- that explains my missed pots okay perfect yeah, but, okay. Okay. concentration levels were at an all-time low let's go with that all right let's sounds go good that. all right uh let's try to pick up where we left off uh well not yeah, left for sure. off entirely because we're, we're done talking about 3d golf for now um or 3d motion capture but let's go back to some of the things that we were talking about in the front on the front nine yeah um uh but we're uh, we're jumping in here on the back nine uh presented this week by and as always by golf sim gurus uh work on your game all year round in the privacy of your own home uh custom golf simulator setups built to your specs and to your budget visit golfsimgurus.ca to learn more um okay so pg of canada Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the uh, PGA Women's Cup. Yeah, uh, let's talk about that. Yeah, it was held for the uh, the second time. Uh, PGA Women's Cup for uh, people who are not familiar is basically an event that uh, invites allied 
PGA uh, Golf Associations, a team of uh, women. Uh, I think there's five countries currently taking part. First one took place down in Texas. Uh, this year took place in New Mexico, uh, which sounds warm and cozy, <laughs> but it was not, I assure you. Uh, I had a, a chat with uh, one of the participating players and they dealt with everything from snowflakes to you name it. Um, but I will say uh, they played at the Twin Warriors uh, Golf Club in New Mexico and the team of Emma DeGroote, who was the playing captain, Katie Rutherford, Casey Ward Golf, uh, who's the aforementioned player I spoke with, who's originally from Picton, Ontario, uh, Christine Wong and Caroline Siot. They finished second. Uh, wow. They had the they had the lead over Team America uh, for a lot of the event, and uh, yeah, they, they had a great uh, even final round under par final round, which is hard to do, you know, in a team event. And uh, they lost uh, by a slim, I think, two strokes to the Team USA. So uh, great showing there. Uh, cool event. I mean, yeah. you know, they get to represent uh, the PGA of Canada and get, uh, you know, in the international competition, uh, which, you know, a lot of these players are no stranger to. I mean, you, you look at the, those five players, they've all played uh, a lot of great golf over the years, at, uh, you know, uh, throughout the world. Um, but uh, yeah, fine play and uh, certainly very competitive. So nice to see. Nice. Nice. Well done, Canada. Damn Americans. <laughs> Um, no offense to our American audience. No, we love our American audience. We just don't want you to beat us. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Golf Canada. Um, yes. Uh, the um, we celebrated some or honored some some volunteers mm -hmm. uh, through Golf Canada and some well well deserved and well known yeah. uh, uh, people that were honored as well. Yeah, so uh, during the World Junior Girls Championship, which was held at Angus Glen uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, they celebrated a couple of their longtime volunteers. And if anybody has ever been to um, any of the big Golf Canada events, uh, CP Women's Open, uh, RBC Canadian Open, Canadian Amateur, so forth, the faces of Barb Allen from Kingston and Jim Clark uh, of Aurora, Ontario are very familiar ones. Mm -hmm. uh, Jim, in fact, was uh, recently the um, won the Dick Grimm Award from the Golf Journalists Association of Canada. Uh, I believe since 1984, he's only missed one Canadian Open uh, as a volunteer, mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, Barbara, former president uh, of Golf Ontario, um, you know, she's obviously been very active in, in uh, multiple associations. They were both honored uh, as life governor, uh, governors for Golf Canada, and uh, just for their long-serving contributions to Golf Canada and the sport of golf in Canada. And I know Barbara um, has been inf influential for me. Um, she was part of my thank yous at a recent award, mm -hmm. uh, just because her and her, um, her husband, uh, Wayne Oakley, uh, got me involved with a player development program in, at, uh, Golf Ontario at the Kingston level. Right. Um, and these two certainly, you know, they've given, they, they ask for nothing and they give everything. Yeah. You know, these are people that have done this for years and years and years and years. And we're talking, you know, decades and, you know, how do it out of the goodness of their heart and the goodness of the game. And, you know, we saw Barbara, for an example, as the starter this year when Lori Kane uh, was playing her last round mm -hmm. at the CP Women's Open. Um, they're all, both well-recognized, well-respected, and certainly this is a deserving uh, for them to be honorary life governors uh, for Golf Canada. Well done. Congrats. Yeah, both of them. Um, Brooke Henderson participated in the uh, Ladies European Tour event. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, Aramco, Aramco uh, series event, uh, the yep. Ladies European Tour. And uh, I mean, I'd like to say it's no surprise, but <laughs> she played well. She usually yeah. she usually does. In fact, uh, um, the uh, the 25 year old from Smith Falls um, had just one golfer ahead of her by the time the event's 54 holes of play at the trump golf links uh, at ferry point were completed uh that winner was lexi thompson yeah um and uh you know good for brooks so yeah uh, so she finished up at minus eight mm -hmm. um and uh, uh that was only three shots behind uh lexi uh, lexi at minus 11 yeah um and she, her back nine actually included uh, her back nine included a four. It was four under par. Uh, yeah. So she had a, a bit of a charge on the back nine. But sometimes you can charge all you want. You can drive as fast as you like. 
But as Lewis Hamilton has found out in F1 many times, Max Verstappen is still faster. <laughs> good, good analogy. Sorry, <laughs> that's like yeah. that's a good analogy yeah. for a golf show, right? Yeah. Let's talk so a little that, F1. Yeah. So that was a couple of weeks ago. Now um, Brooks had a, a little bit of a gap, and then getting ready for the uh, the finals uh, coming up, the uh, last event of the year. The LPGA is over in Japan right now. She's not playing that uh, the Toto Classic. Um, they've had a couple of stops over there, but obviously they've got their year-ending Tour Championship uh, coming up. She's gearing up for that. I believe she's fourth in the CME. Uh, to race to the globe rankings heading into that um certainly in contention so you know going to be a good uh, final gap so basically she's um after the aramco event um you know she's taking some time to kind of prepare and you know get ready for that final event and that's really been her mo uh, this year in her schedule she's managed her schedule quite well obviously got a couple of wins but um, she basically plays for a few weeks takes some time off preps for the majors preps for the big events and and certainly it's been quite successful for her so far so uh, we'll see uh, we'll see how she parlays that second uh, at the Aramco and the LET event uh, into the uh, finale here coming up for the LPGA all right enough talk about Brooke Henderson no more talk about Brooke Henderson today. <laughs> ever? No, no, not ever. That'd, okay. be, that'd be downright stupid and psychotic. But, um, yeah. Let's talk about the Ontario Golf Hall of Fame. Now, let's set this up. This was uh -oh. two weeks ago now. Yeah. But it goes back it. further than that. But forget about how far back it goes. That's irrelevant. Uh, let's talk about two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, uh, on a Monday, um, I got up at... Very Whatever early time in the morning. In dark five o'clock at dark o'clock, we call it five o'clock in the morning. And I drove to Uxbridge in Toronto to be a part of the Ontario Golf Hall of Fame induction ceremonies, which included a nice 18 hole Warm um, round of golf round of golf. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll call it, um, <laughs> which, uh, you know. But the purpose of being there, despite, you know, the wonderful 18 holes of golf that I had the opportunity to play with a uh, uh, good, very good friend, good buddy, Grant Frazier, and mm -hmm. uh, and my good buddy, old friend, Scott McLeod here. Uh, we had an awesome day on the links. Yeah. Uh, Derek McDonald uh, uh, was uh, with us as well. Yeah. Uh, four guys freezing our duties off, playing mm -hmm. golf. Had little hot pockets in the mitts, you know, we, yeah. we didn't get much rain, but there was a little bit. And when it did come down, it just made everything even colder for the rest of the round. But we survived that. But the purpose of being there, the purpose of gr grinding out this round of golf was so that we could be around that evening as uh, as our good friend, Scott McLeod, uh, was, uh, was honored as uh, this year's uh, recipient of the uh, Lauren Rubenstein uh, Media Award of the Ontario Golf Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. um, now, you were uh, honored alongside of uh, two other fantastic journalists, uh, Ted McIntyre and uh, Tim O'Connor, yep. um, as, uh, as well as David Gourlay, um, uh, not a media member, but uh, as an no. inducted Hall of Fame uh, yes, uh, inducted in the Hall of Fame as well. Um, just it was so awesome to be there for that, uh, to see that happen, to listen to the speeches, to listen to your speech, to see how your your wife Michelle and your daughter Elsa, uh, you know, by your side, uh, to see the emotion that, uh, that poured out uh, during this uh, this you know uh, honoring this induction. Um, so I want to say my congratulations to uh to my best friend scott uh for his uh for his honor uh for being inducted into into the ontario golf hall of fame particularly in this uh, media category uh yeah. congrats to you thank, thank you, you for allowing me to be a part of that um and uh no cold temperatures in the world would have stopped me from being there my friend well i appreciate you coming that's for sure and and uh you know it was uh you know, first off, it was a big honor, uh, and it was great to have uh, a lot of people there. And um, it, it's just kind of weird because, you know, uh, as I said, you you don't you don't do what you do for awards. Um, but it's nice when you're recognized, and it's nice to be put in that position that you can 
thank the people that helped you along mm-hmm. the way, which obviously, uh, as you said, made for an emotional speech. I, I kept together at some parts of it, other parts, not so much. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as I said, mm-hmm. I, I doing a podcast, doing a TV show, doing a radio show, that's fine. But when you obviously, you know, step up there to do a speech and the whole room's looking back at you and, you know, there's obviously, um, you know, some, some, you know, people that are very important to you that are Mm -hmm. in that room. Yeah. Um, And so that it's fun to do. It it was a great night. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I appreciate everybody from, you know, Golf Ontario and the committee uh, doing what they did. Um, We had a good stay up there as well. Stayed at the cabins there at Wooden Sticks. And uh, it it was just fun to be able to look back and even, you know, even writing the speech too. um, I I tried to keep it concise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you're given 20 to 25 minutes, but I'm like, yeah, seven to 10 is good for me. Um, But it's a fun exercise to kind of look back over, you know, 30 years plus in the golf industry and, and kind of, you know, look at your journey and and kind of the key points and things that are there and and make mention them. And it also gives you a little bit of a, a little bit of a platform as well to maybe share some different messages for, for people that are followed to follow. So, um, you know, but yeah, big honor just to be included in, you know, with those people that have already been part of that, uh, Lauren Rimstein media award, obviously to win an award with Lauren's name on it was, was very meaningful as well. And, um, I'll just, my last thing I'll say was, uh, thank you to everyone who reached out, um, you know, basically I'm still getting messages from people regarding it. Um, even the people I played with yesterday, uh, mm. the one guy, you know, mentioned it right away, um, as we're heading into the back nine, he sort of slipped it in there as far as, you know, you just don't know who's paying attention to what, nor does it, you know, I'm not gonna say it doesn't matter. Um, it's just nice when they obviously recognize and see that, you know, um, you know, you're doing something to contribute to, to golf in Ontario. And I think that's, I think that's the biggest takeaway for me, uh, from the award is the fact that, you know, it's about contributions to golf in Ontario, not just, not just media uh, in Ontario. It's about contributing something back to the game. And, you know, that's the whole point of it. So yeah. yeah. Thank you to everyone. Thank you for being there. Uh, enjoyed that game with uh, you and Derek and Grant. And uh, as as chilly as it was, we still mm-hmm. had fun. Yeah. Uh, okay. So one last thing before sure. we move uh, move on to uh, to a new topic uh, or a new segment. Um, I want to talk about because the time the timely nature of this right now, it's November. Yeah. Yeah, we're slipping in a few rounds of golf here and there if we can, but the reality is the golf courses are starting to shut down. Um, sure. They're closing. Um, now, what kind of comes up from this, I guess that's why I'm sort of bringing this up, is I happen to be at the gas station, uh, and and somebody, you know, I, obviously I, I get I get talked to a number of times at gas stations and grocery stores and so on when it comes to golf. People recognize, yep. you know, my license plates or me or whatever. And they were talking about how their golf course is closing mm-hmm. um, next Monday, next week. Yeah, and and they seem sad about it. And I, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's that's probably a pretty good, pretty good idea, a good time to close. I said, well, why? Why would they close? Mm. Like, well, why wouldn't they close? It's November. Yeah, yeah, but it's supposed to be in the teens, high teens all week. I mean, it's still going to be really <laughs> good golfing weather. And I'm saying, well, I'm uh, sure there's a golf course somewhere that's going to be that right. doesn't care about closing but i mean you know do you think that maybe the the superintendent at your home club might be wanting to take advantage of some of that warmer weather to to get some things done around the golf course before it snows because what's likely going to happen is we're going to get this really good stretch of nice warm weather and then it is just going to flip on its side overnight we're going to get dumped with two inches or five three inches or six inches of snow and they're not going to be able to do anything Mm -hmm. to put the course to bed they have to like people have to understand and i know most people do get the concept of of you know aerating greens and top dressing and things like that but they have to 
some of them have to pull benches in water, wa- mm-hmm. uh, ball washers. They have to uh, take hitter nets in. Lines. They have to blow out the irrigation lines. They have to like. There's a lot. They have to put yeah. down some uh, some fungicides to ensure that the greens don't get too much snow damage or snow mold or stuff stuff in the in the spring, mm-hmm. um, so that you have good playing conditions when the snow melts and you're not complaining about oh we lost the greens or oh look yeah. at all the silver dollar spots all over their dead spot. There's things that have to be done, mm-hmm. and they can't wait. Yeah. So they know that they're going to get a stretch of good weather for a week. A week is a an eternity for a golf superintendent yeah. of warm weather to be able to get stuff done to put the course to bed for the season. Like this is imperative. Like, yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing here is that, you know, uh, I mean, I don't fault people because they, they want to go out and play and they see nice weather and they see the opportunity to be outside. Um, I, I see just, you know, in that situation, just people that just don't understand how a golf course operates. They don't know what happens behind the curtains. And there's a lot of things that, that take are taking place here, as you mentioned, you know, putting a course to bed. Um, some golf course facilities and Archie's down in Cornwall, for an example, uh, you know, the range down there, they have contractors set up to do certain projects mm-hmm. this time of year. They plan to close because they plan their business mm-hmm. and say, Hey, at this Funny time of that. year, we're, we're going to do this. Uh, we have to get the contractor in to do this. They have a certain schedule. They can't just all of a sudden push them back. Um, you know, golf courses like Camelot, for an example, they're resurfacing a whole bunch of greens. Um, they're, you know they plan for a certain time and they're going to shut down and do yes it's nice weather but you got to remember that weather is less predictable than all the other things that they can plan and work around that they need to do as you said yeah for the springtime it could the just other... as easily be not nice weather right now Correct. too because exactly. it is exactly. november it, yeah. it, it could yeah. just as easily be terrible yeah. weather I mean, when they're doing these projects so look at look at the weather we played in there two weeks ago the yeah, other side exactly of it... that's the kind of weather i'm expecting to see right now right. so do yeah. you want to be a golf course superintendent trying to get yeah. a golf course put to bed and that kind of crap yeah the other I side don't. of it the other side of it is they have to plan for things like staff they don't necessarily have staff. They were going the process. They lay off their staff or whatever the case may be. Um, those staff have maybe have other jobs as well. They're moved on to other things. I know for an example, at the course where I play, the pro, his contract actually is done at the at October 31st. He is actually there for the next 13 days or almost two weeks as a volunteer. He hmm. has decided to volunteer because he's the only guy running the pro shop. And basically he's cleaning carts, he's doing everything, and he's doing that out of consideration with the members. And here's the thing, there's people coming in and complaining, oh, I can't get a cart for 18 for the, but no, because I'm already in here volunteering and I don't, we need to stay here for 13 hours on my own time, just so you can have a, you know, a cart for and to rate till dark or whatever the case may be. So lack of staff is also part of it as well, because that's part of the planning you know, their staff are on to other things. It's been hard enough to get staff during the yeah. year. Oh, it's 100%. hard enough to have pro shop staff once the school season starts mm-hmm. because you have a lot of seasonal employees that way. So yeah, there's a lot that go into it. Some courses are flexible enough and they have things in place that they may be able to do that. Um, I know some courses that are, you know, there's a course that's open this weekend, for an example, that's reopened for Friday to Sunday, but they've also warned people, you know, we're aerating during the process. We've got a reduced fee. We'll let you basically take a walk with your golf clubs. Don't expect primo conditions, but we still have to get this work done. Well, exactly. And and I think uh, Perth golf course is Mm -hmm. actually donating um, part part of their green, part of their, their green fees to charity this, this coming week to, you know, closing out the season in style. We're going to be open. We're going to take some of the money to cover operating expenses and stuff. We're also going to take some of that money and donate it to charity. Not yeah. necessary, but no, really great, yeah, great, nice uh, you know, sure. great gesture to go ahead and do something like that. So yeah. I guess the moral of the story is if they're open and you can play, go play. Yeah. If they want to close, don't complain about them closing because <laughs> I guarantee that there's a, there's more of a reason for them to be closed than there is yeah. for them to be open. To be open. So right. it's yeah. November. You yeah. had a great run. You yeah. got an early start this year. You don't, you, you played into October. 
suck it up, Buttercup. Put the clubs yeah. away. Go shine them up. <laughs> There's lots of indoor golf options available for you as yeah. soon as all the golf courses are closed. I guarantee that yeah. one is for sure, especially yeah. now. Yeah, I think it's funny though. It's like it's November and people are complaining about a frost delay. Good you know, Lord. when they get some frost delays. So, uh, last thing on that, I, I I tweeted on the weekend and I said, you know, I think. A frost delay is nature's way of giving you more time to go and thank the staff yeah. at the golf course for a good season and everything that they've done. So um, don't think about just yourself. Think about the staff and what they put in during the year because it's been a long, hard year. Um, believe me, a lot of them want to lock the door as quickly as possible. Um, yep. And and not not because they want to be, um, you know, they want to shut the golfers out. They just, it's time. They just need the rest. And, and you know, yep. uh, thank you to the golf courses that are staying open right now and, and are still, yep. uh, you know, still available. But yeah, please be understanding as far as um, why they're not. There you go. Well said. All right. Uh, lastly, uh, let's, you know, dive into our product watch. We're going to talk, uh, um, we're going to talk about, uh, wedge shafts. Product watch is brought to you by Greensmere Golf and Country Club. Uh, elevate your game at Greensmere. Choose between two great 18 hole championship golf courses, distinctively different, definitely challenging. Uh, visit greensmere.com, uh, for info or to book a late season tea time. Um, and, uh, so Scott, the project X wedge shaft, this is, Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll, we'll, we have a little bit of time left here, so we're gonna we're gonna bang this one out. Um, but wedge shafts are just as important, and flex in web shafts is just as important as flex in a driver shaft. I mean, yeah. some people don't understand that there is flexes to wedge shafts. They're not mm-hmm. just all one one flex, even though they're the shortest club in your bag next to your putter. Yeah, uh, flex and weight. Both of those things yeah. matter a fair bit. And uh, you know, one of the things that happens for a lot of people is that they, uh, you know, a lot of people will want a slightly softer shaft. Uh, in their wedges, um, just to kind of encourage a little bit more feel, uh, taking some partial shots, not stressing the shaft as you normally would in a full swing. Uh, so what happens for a lot of clubs or a lot of sets, especially when we look at shafts, is that um, when players all of a sudden go to a softer shaft in a lot of other companies, that brings down the weight. Uh, so you end up getting lighter into some of those wedge shafts when you go down and flex. Well, that doesn't work as well. The heavier weight, um, that sort of encourages a little flatter ball flight in a lot of cases. And so what's happened is that, you know, Project X, super popular shaft, been around quite some time. Uh, they've decided to come up with a wedge shaft that, you know, it allows you to go softer, but um it allows you also to maintain weight a little bit more now this is still a fairly stiff shaft project x for people that are are familiar with it um is a shaft that is very stiff in the butt the mid part of the shaft and the tip as well uh but again this allows you to keep up the weight now this shaft is one that's coming out um right this is a prototype yeah you're going to see it on tour it's going to be start to show up at club makers quite shortly um I just happened to play golf with, um, you know, a couple of the guys from True Temper uh, in my scramble team and our buddy Kenny Thompson had this shaft uh, in his wedges. So I got to play around with a little bit and hit it and so forth. So, you know, so people that are familiar with it, it's already been started to test on the PGA Tour. It showed up in Las Vegas already. Um, And so it's a wedge only uh, length shaft, kind of 35 and a half. Does come in a couple of flexes, um, 6, 6.5 and 7.0, but allows players, like I said, to maintain the weight without kind of, you know, uh, dropping down if they're going to go in a softer shaft, but they can still maintain their weight. So a neat addition, uh, something some people have been waiting for, for for some time and uh it's not for me uh i'm not a project x uh sort of guy but you know players obviously like a rory or whatever you know love the project x so uh, a popular shaft and should be a nice ad- addition for sure there you go another fine product watch brought to you by greensburg golf and country club um all right scott two weeks in the making <laughs> yeah what hey maybe one more thing we should okay. talk about though all right that, that ngcoa shows oh we were right talking yes. about that. sorry yeah, I, before I, we go I'm, damn forgot all about that see two mm-hmm. weeks delayed my brain's already fried okay uh for the past three <clears throat> seasons i think now we yeah. have done uh the ottawa gatineau golf expo has been uh, a virtual show correct uh which has been very successful we've been heavily involved in that and and the ngcoa uh canada has 
rolled out this uh, nationwide version of the uh, Golf Expo um, on a virtual platform, and it's yep. been very successful. However, as COVID limitations, uh, restrictions, and so on get get reduced and lifted, uh, then in-person events such as expos, golf expos, home shows, and so on, things are returning to that sort of normalcy. And yep. it appears as though the NGCOA is going to be bringing back the in-person um, uh, Ottawa Gatineau Golf Expo, as well as the ones across Canada. But Correct. particularly for us, we're talking about the Ottawa Gatineau Golf Expo. So yep. um, this is great. I don't know. I don't know where I'm at with it right yet. <laughs> I haven't quite figured it. We know we talked about this. You know, we always try to be involved in the in the the Golf Expo. Um, we changed the way we were involved in it the few the a bunch of years prior to COVID, and then obviously yep. with the uh, with the virtual shows, it was very easy to figure out how you were going to be involved. Um, doing an in person, having a booth, that kind of stuff. Not too sure exactly how we're going yeah, we'll to figure play it out. this one out. We'll have to figure yeah. it out because this announcement just sort of happened. So there's a lot to yeah. think about, but. Um, yeah, they got a lot of work ahead of them, and it's going to be interesting to see how it sort of uh, progresses. Yeah, we've got the uh, we've got the full details up at flagstick.com, but uh, NGCOA Canada obviously announced it this week. Uh, they're going to maintain the online platform, uh, which crosses five regions, so they're going to still have that available uh, for people that choose to do it that way. Um, but they're going to have three in-person shows, uh, two in late February, which will be the ones in Abbotsford, BC, and the one in Laval. And then the early March will be the one in Ottawa, Gatineau. Uh, so those will be the three in-person ones that are coming back. But like I said, at the same time, they'll still be running the online. Uh, so we're going to see how that that sort of plays out and who participates in what way. And then obviously we'll, we'll discuss how we're going to be participating and uh, how how that's going to take place yeah. as far as us uh, and, and how we might be involved with that uh, with that show come come March. Yeah, and we'll keep you updated on flagstick.com as to uh, how things are progressing with the developments surrounding yes, the show sure. as well, not just our involvement. But uh, yep. good that you brought that up, Scott, because I did want to make sure we didn't wait a week to get that in. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Now we're officially done for the week. <laughs> Thank you. Thank You're you welcome. to all our sponsors, of course, Metcalf Golf Club, Golf Sim Gurus, Greensmere Golf and Country Club, Kevin Haim Golf School, and, of course, our presenting sponsor this week, and many weeks, Ping Golf Canada. If you're looking to improve your game, then check out the entire family of G425 drivers, fairway woods, hybrids, and irons at ca.ping.com. Um, um, we're really hoping that you're enjoying what you're hearing and watching uh, with this podcast. Be sure to follow us across all the social media networks on all the platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We continue to encourage you to jump on there and subscribe. Yep. Please do so. Like us, click the notification bell, and make sure that you uh, are, are notified of every single episode as we release it. Get over to flagstick.com. As always, more amazing golf content uploaded to flagstick.com on a daily basis. We always appreciate you tuning in. Until next week, I am Jeff Botter. I'm Scott McLeod. And always remember, go for the stick.